Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Friday Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, we are so excited to um, have a special guest today, State Superintendent Joy Hoffmeister. Superintendent, how are you? I'm doing great, and it's so good to be with both of you. Um, I I know it is an exciting time of year, and uh, everyone is posting pictures of back to school. And again, we are in another back to school that's not necessarily back to normal. That is correct. <laughs> it is a crazy time. Well, we appreciate you taking time to come and visit with us. Um, it seems like there's so much going on right now. We are very excited to talk to you about some really good news. Um, so you recently announced um, an investment in our student teachers, and this is a huge deal in Oklahoma. Our student teachers are they don't have to be paid. They can be paid, but that's not kind of give us a give us an overview of what pay looks like for our student teachers. Well, already in law is the opportunity for a school district to begin paying a student teacher that is within their district. Uh -huh. The idea being that um, they want to uh, pay um, either for um, a, a, an incentive to then stick with the district um, or and recognizing there's need for that student teacher um, uh -huh. to have compensation. However, um, un until last year, that law wouldn't allow the payment to begin until 60 days after they started student teaching. So we got that law changed in anticipation for what we wanted to do um, with our relief dollars as well. And that is to be able to provide um, immediate pay uh -huh. where those who are in colleges of education will have the assurance that they do not have to be without pay for 15 weeks during this very critically important time of mentoring and um, internship and being uh -huh. with that um, out outstanding teacher that they would be really excluded from taking care of their own family yeah. uh, if they didn't have a job. So that's really where the impetus was for us to use these federal funds to help support our 1,300 uh, anticipated new student teachers every year for the next three years. Man, we need them. Yeah, Superintendent, you, you bring up a great point about how that payment had to be delayed in the in the, pre, in the current, well, not the current law, but the previous law, and your student teaching your internship is about anywhere from 12 to 16 weeks. And so it would be after they absolutely completed the end of their, their internship. That yeah, that's right. Nice. And and what we hear from colleges of education in our very um, early in, in my time in office in 2015-16, we started the teacher shortage task force. One of the recommendations that came from that was through our schools of education that identified that there are many non-traditional um, students that need to continue to make um, a wage to pay for a child. They may be a single parent or they just may not be able to give up a, a paid 
you know, job uh, to do that internship. So it was really a barrier to completing their program or even getting started in that semester, knowing that was coming. So it's important that we give this strong signal to our colleges of education to send that message that um, in the first week they will receive their payment and they will receive the second payment after they've signed a contract to teach in Oklahoma. And the total amount is $3,250. So um, $3,200 is um, a lot for 12 to 15 weeks. And we know it's very, very important that we have our uh, teachers in classrooms with that valuable experience. And we don't wanna in any way undermine that. And I, I do wanna come back to the experience part of it. One thing I, that, I, that I've had on my mind since this announcement is, you know, our our student teachers are also paying for student teaching. It's not necessarily, they're not making a teacher's wage, but they're also paying to work. And if you, you know, if you're a college kid, every dollar counts, you know, just like our educators and our support professionals, every dollar counts. So that 3250 is going to be a, a very big deal. Yeah, I That's really, really good. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's a great point, Carrie, and I I will use that. <laughs> <laughs> I I really didn't know how, you know. Sometimes we're sitting out here in the big world, and we're not knowing exactly what an impact that would make on a student yeah. teacher. And so we were at Langston University the other day and talking with the College of Ed students. And one student was getting ready. She's a junior, social studies student teaching, teaching next year. And I told her how much it was, and she was like oh my gosh, that is incredible. This will make all the difference in the world for me. I will be able to actually be able to do my student teaching and have yeah. relief with it. Yeah, that's exciting. And then we're talking about, uh, you know, close to uh, 4,000 that would be eligible for this. And there's no limit. Um, anybody who wants to complete their degree They've dropped out, which is what we hear from colleges of education and haven't finished. Uh, come on back. Let's finish yeah. that last um, in important semester and graduate and be ready for Oklahoma classrooms. So to backtrack, you, you had mentioned the experience. Why is student teaching something worth investing in? Well, I think back to my experience as a student teacher. Uh, this is really where I saw in action, in practice, all of the theory of classroom management. Mm -hmm. um, and when I think back to my first year teaching, I can hear the voice of my mentor teacher. She, I was teaching first grade and I remember her talking about, as she addressed the students, little friends, it's time to line up and I can still remember Sue and how she talked and the respect she gave these young people and yet they um, just really adored her. When you saw that kind of um, classroom culture, uh -huh. it's, it's different than reading about that. When you see right. how you work through IEPs and how you handle even trauma, we weren't even talking about that. Um, 35 years ago sure. um, in, in colleges of education, but you could draw on those experiences that you saw as they were happening live in front of you, even the exchanges between family and teacher. Um, these, these are all invaluable experiences that we really can't put uh, enough of a price tag 
um, on, on just really the preparation it builds in for brand new teachers. Catherine, what was that like for you? You student taught and you, you student taught twice. I, I kind of sort of did um, because in special education, you're certified three through 21. And so you're required to do um, part of your student teaching in the elementary setting and then part of your student teaching in secondary. So mm -hmm. I, I had the, I say privilege of getting to experience two fabulous mentors. And that's what they were to me. They modeled every day what exceptional teaching looks like. Mm -hmm. And they were there that I could sit down after school and pick their brain yeah. and say, oh my gosh, how did you do this? What did, how did you plan for this? And it was just that time to have the modeling and the mentoring that I so desperately needed. So when we think about student teaching, it's something that every state does. Um, how does Oklahoma compare to other states, Superintendent? When we think about paying for student teaching, right, um, right. You know, I I really am not familiar with a lot of this um, happening anywhere else. In fact, for the use of relief funds, we we are the only state that is doing. Wow, that. that's awesome. Um, and for um, us, this is about really answering the bigger need, which when we think about outcomes for students, we have to go way upstream and think about our teachers. Uh -huh. Do we have teachers? Uh -huh. Our teachers that are currently in classrooms are worn thin and many of them are preparing yes. to retire even. Yes. And we have to do um, everything within our power to build a um, strong pipeline and uh -huh. Uh, this is an easy win for um, helping also to ensure that we've got some new teachers in Oklahoma classrooms to complete that grant, of course, with that full $3,250. And Catherine, this is something you saw at RA this year, I'm sorry, at NEA Representative Assembly this, this summer. Yeah, um, our student organization, our aspiring educators, they brought a new business item for uh, President Becky Pringle, uh, president of NEA, to write a letter to Secretary Cardona. And it was to ask him to look at grant funding for states to help pay for student teachers. And then when we were able to say, this is what we're doing in Oklahoma and how we're mm -hmm. using our federal relief funds, we were the envy of <laughs> every state. And yeah. So kudos kudos to you and because this attracts and retains and 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 gets our education workforce going yeah and we know that there are many who have gone an alternative pathway but uh -huh. there's just no comparison to being able to have that level of preparation through student oh. teaching I think it's a value statement also uh -huh. about the important work of our colleges of education and that opportunity to be prepared in this way. And I will say as someone who is alternatively certified, I would have given anything <laughs> for a semester of student teaching because, you know, just listening to you guys talk about that, you had someone right there in the moment to witness what you're witnessing, handle how you're handling things and give you that feedback as you go. And if you're and if someone like me who's alternatively certified, I, I would have to go back and say, well, this is what happened and how would you do it? And maybe I, you know, there were things that I couldn't see that another educator might see. I didn't have that sort of immediate perspective. I just like, very, I'm just very jealous <laughs> listening to this. So, 
So when we, so, I mean, you, in a, so, okay. Educators love data, love it. Everybody wants to chart it and read it and talk about it. And so you've essentially purchased three years of data for how does this, how is this playing out? How is this working? What are you looking for over the next three years, superintendent? What are your, like, what are your benchmarks? What are you hoping to see? And what happens if things go really well? What, what happens after three years? Well, first of all, I think that this um, will be very interesting to look at um, the endurance within uh, this, you know, the profession. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we know that there are often um, those who are emergency certified who we are so thankful for people who are willing to come in, um, particularly in an unexpected time of not being able to fill a, a position where there are no qualified candidates and sure. um, being recruited and stepping in. I mean, that is truly amazing for someone to just step in and say, okay, I'm going to just second career. I'm walking in. I'm going to try to do this and then become certified. Um, so, it, however, this we know, we don't have people that are staying as long as you would hope that they would because right. they then learn how very, very difficult this is. And um, in some ways, I think we've set some of them up for that kind of um, response because they didn't have that early planning and preparation um, mm -hmm. that we've provided, you know, just even thinking about how, um, back to my own um, experience as a student teacher, it wasn't even just that teacher that I was assigned to. It was sure. her network of friends that she ate lunch with and I sat yeah. there with them, you know, and, and, and they know you're the student teacher. So there's all kinds of advice and, um, you know, sharing that they did as they're thinking about bringing forward the next generation of teachers. So it's more, it's so much more than just observing someone or um, right. teaching with someone observing you. And I think that we'll be able to see our teachers staying in the classroom longer. Uh, and I think that'll be fascinating to track, but we are looking at how to measure success for this. It will provide data and evidence to also ask for uh, districts to continue to to fund these um, important investments in people, and they are free to do that now. We are just simply bringing our portion of the federal relief funds to the table to say, let's get it going, and let's help on the front end so our colleges of education can begin to communicate this with those who have dropped out, um, who they can recruit back or with those who are just now making a decision that so many shouldn't have to make about whether or not to you know, keep, keep a roof over their head and meet the needs of a, a child in, in their, that they're responsible for as a dependent. Well, I just, I also had this other thought, you know, we've changed our um, part of our teacher certification, the last, I, I call it the last assessment that they, uh, a teacher candidate would take or a teacher would take is the PPAT. Um, it's changed from the OPTI, which was their pedagogical just test, but the PPAT is a performance assessment. And they, in the, for the traditional route teacher, they do that during their student teaching. They have the classroom setting right there. They have the mentoring to help um, to do the work for that PPAT. So our, all, going forward, our alternative certifications 
um, pathway teachers, they're going to have to do that PPAT and they're doing it on their own. And so this is, to me, this is another plus of student teaching to um, fulfill that last piece of that teacher licensure. That's a great point. I think the other thing I want to mention is, you know, right now in this conversation, we're talking about pre-service teachers and how to build the pipeline. Um, as we talk about um, our teacher workforce and um, recruiting, but also retaining those who are already in the profession, I, I just don't want to miss an opportunity to, in this discussion to talk about other ways we're supporting those who are already in the classroom sure. with our federal relief dollars. and. And uh, that spans uh, the gamut from um, providing uh, 10,000 teachers in K through third grade or pre-K through third grade with the science of reading training that is yeah. um, over two years. It's an incredible value. Um, again, that's well over $2,000 um, to each one of those teachers in the um the value of this training that they will be able to receive and they will have a micro-credential that will also be able to follow with data and um, see how long um, their impact in that uh, lasts as they continue to teach in classrooms well after the pandemic, but uh -huh. take with them um, the kind of instructional knowledge of how to help kids overcome reading struggles for the rest of their careers. Yeah, our ultimate goal is the impact on our students and our students' learning and everything that we can do, uh, superintendent, to equip our educators to go forward is just so valuable right now. Yeah, and when I think about supporting the whole classroom, I also think about the $35 million that we've invested at um, the State Department level uh, to bring in the support for children with, yes. you know, with the school yes. counselor. Oh my gosh, and, that's so exciting too. Yeah, and so, you know, back to the teacher shortage task force, when we did these, um, these surveys of 30,000 teachers who were no longer teaching in schools, but were keeping their certification active every five years, when we asked them, why did you leave and what would it take to get you back? What we learned is that they not only needed the pay which thankfully, uh -huh. you know, we did get two back-to-back -back teacher pay raises and we have to stay up, uh, you know, and current with that in the future. Uh -huh. But we also learned that they needed to have support for children in their classrooms and instead were shouldering all of that yeah, um, yeah. on their own. And that was wearing them thin. And so this is a bringing in, you know, the additional support for students, just like we would have um, reading specialists for those who are struggling in reading as well. So just an example, um, as there are others, and you know, teachers listening can go to um, Ready Together Oklahoma uh, on our website and look at all the different initiatives and things they can be a part of. Well, Superintendent, uh, we know that you're extremely busy, but before you go, uh, is there a message you wanna share with our um, educators and support staff as they head back to the classroom? Well, first, I want to say thank you to each and every one who is in a classroom, who is um, caring for children, and who at a time right now is um, really making a profound sacrifice to, to mm -hmm. say, I'm going to be in a classroom, in a pandemic, yeah. taking care of my kids. And um, I, I just think that's important to say. And then the second thing is, um, 
when I think about children and our duty to protect them, their safety and well-being, I also think about all of those who are serving in schools. And I, I commit um, my, my efforts and um, I believe it is part of our responsibility to make sure that we have the least risk possible within our schools and we'll continue to all um, work together through many challenges in, mm -hmm. in lots of different directions that will come um, over the next months, but we will do this together. And I just say thank you. Well, thank you so much, Superintendent. We appreciate your time and, and uh, your work for uh, teachers and students. Well, let's just take a little bit of time and catch up with Catherine. We have an incredible event that's happening next week on August 24th and 26th. We're going to have some roundtable discussions, and it's called Working, Working Moms Work, Supporting Breastfeeding Mothers in School. And we're just uh, creating space and time for our members and administrators, whoever feels the need to log on and find out more about Senate Bill 121. We're gonna have Senator Carrie Hicks on the, uh, the Zoom with us to talk about the bill. We're gonna have uh, representatives from COBA. Um, the, uh, Carrie, that is a big acronym for basically <laughs> breastfeeding advocates. The Coalition of Oakland. Thank you. Coalition of Oklahoma Breastfeeding Advocates. Yes. Yes. And, and then we're also uh, going to be joined by Amber Hoekstra is an educator, teacher in Yukon, who is a nursing mother that yeah. puts a real face to the situation that is happening. And so on the 24th, we're going to have a roundtable discussion at 430, and then we're going to have another one at 7. And then on the 26th, we're going to have one at five o'clock. They're going to last about an hour. We want to honor your time. And we want to give you flexibility of dates and time that you can just jump on and join the conversation. So we are looking forward to that. That's going to be an That's incredible be time. Great. Next this is a, yeah. such a huge yeah. issue. I'm excited. Yeah, this is. Uh, and we're already starting to get feedback from it and questions like help us understand the, the law and that was passed this last spring um, brought by Senator Hicks. And then we want to welcome two new staff members to OEA. We yay. have yay, Jackie McFarlane, who is a new advocate out of the Northwest region. And she has, she has jumped in feet first and I've already been with her at back to school events and she is doing a fabulous job. And then this week, uh, one of our own members has joined the OEA staff. Amber Spradlin is uh, our new organizing specialist for the Oklahoma City Metro, Oklahoma City metro area. So welcome uh, Amber and Jackie. And yes. then go to our webpage, okea.org, and you're going to see on the right-hand side the latest news. And um, we want to once again make sure that you're well aware that uh, we are helping our teachers that need to take their OSAT test, test which is the Oklahoma uh, subject area test that you have to take as part of your teacher licensure. We are providing half half, $60 of the cost of that OSAT test. And the great thing is you don't have to like pay it up front and we reimburse you. You're going to get a code that yeah. will, that you'll put in when you log on to register. And so I know it's so exciting. And 
all the information is right there and you just click on it to register as soon as possible. And then keep on scrolling down because it's about our online targeted support sessions that we're going to be having um, to help prepare for those uh, tests. You'll see several around the OSAP, around uh, early childhood, um, elementary ed, special education, and also the elementary constructed response has a special session as well. And then our OGAT test, which is the general education knowledge test. We're going to have several sessions, uh, one on math. The math section is um, a lot of returning um, adults going into the teaching profession. It's been some time since you've taken algebra one or any higher math, and that is <laughs> yeah. that's on that test. And so we want, that seems to be an area that people struggle with. So we're having a session on that. And then also the, there's a constructive response. And so there's um, an applied writing skill um, skills session as well. And then last but not least, uh, check out the AAA special offer we have for just OEA members. And um, we want you to be safe on the road. And we want you to make sure that uh, wherever you're traveling around the state, that you have the safety and security of AAA. And they are providing huge discounts to our members. And it's all right there on our website. And I'm already in uh, a AAA member. And let me tell you, I have needed it so many times. And I don't know if that says something about me individually or my streak of good luck lately or what that's about, but it's totally worth it. I uh, have used it multiple times. Yeah, especially so, like if you walk out to your car and you have a flat, they'll come out yes. and put the spare on and you can then drive to the tire place and that's get it fixed. Me, like, but it is somewhere, I swear. Well, we want to say thank you so much to State Superintendent Joy Hoffmeister for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.